screwdriver. Make sure everything is where you want it. Reach up there and pull those belts tight one more time. Going green next time. Bye. This is the Scrubbing Tires Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is the Scrubbing Tires Podcast back again. Episode number nine, almost hitting double digits here. Name this one. It's all about our mojo. And that uh, came from Chuck Smith Jr. We'll get into that in a second. But we got Jake Smith, George Smith of Smith Family Racing. And, of course, uh, your host here, Brandon Hall. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, Jake and Jordan had an eventful week wi- weekend Excuse me, uh, at the racetrack. I was, uh, of course, not there. But we'll get into that. How's it going, fellas? Oh, going good today, man. Freaking tired. It was a long night, Saturday night and Friday night, even after practice. Uh, was up late working on the car and just... Long weekend, good weekend though, but uh, definitely tired today. I hear you. I feel that. Yeah, Friday night he was up late. I was up late working, um, and then Saturday morning got up at five fifteen in the morning. Had to go to a golf uh, fundraiser golf tournament for my cousin's uh, kids' wrestling team. So played eighteen holes in a scramble tournament. And then got it was right down the street from the track, so I got dropped off at the track. And then we got to work from there, and yeah, we didn't leave. Oh, I mean, shoot, the gam race didn't get over till like ten thirty, ten forty-five, something like that. Yeah, I want to say we started around ten. Yeah, it was like a little after ten o'clock. The race is finally starting, and then yeah, we didn't get out of there. I mean, I was a walking zombie by the time we left, so it was like eleven thirty by the time we left. So yeah, it was this Sunday. Let's just needless to say. I didn't do damn thing on Sunday. Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did not do a damn thing. So yeah, well, I was uh, with you there. I was hung over as shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> How many times did you pull out the phone on the dance floor? It was actually not on the dance floor, but I pulled it out probably <laughs> five or six times, just checking race monitor, checking to see <laughs> if Jordan had texted me, or whatever. But yeah, I was I was very aware and and very into it. But yeah. That's hey hun look 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 he got yeah. a tenth faster i exactly. don't care dance yeah, with me. she's like what does that mean yeah <laughs> but britney spears is on yeah. <laughs> cool oh, that's well awesome glad we all had a, a good weekend and uh looks like we got another shout out listener spotlight so i'll give it to you jake uh, to announce who that is yeah definitely thanks man uh as always we thank everybody that listens to us and uh you know reaches out to us text message, Facebook messenger, however you reach out to us. We always love uh, comments and telling us how good we are doing or not doing, you know, whatever your comments are, but we still like that you are listening in each week. Uh, Our spotlight this week is uh, the number nine GAM driver, CJ Wilson. Uh, Saw him at practice on Friday, talked a little bit, uh, asked about the podcast, and then uh, we were kind of messaging each other today on uh, Facebook messenger. And uh, he was asking more about it and said he was listening to a couple and uh, said he was going to try and catch up with our, all our episodes. And then he's waiting for this week's uh, episode. So uh, CJ Wilson, thanks, man, for liking our Facebook page and listening to us. So shout out to you, man. Yeah, appreciate that. And like we were just talking, great turnaround from basically destroying your car a couple weeks ago to get out there and win a dash. So appreciate you listening in. Definitely. All right, cool. Well, we did have Xfinity and Cup Series racing. We'll talk about that before we get into some other cool segments that we got. And, of course, the CNS recap. So we had uh, the Xfinity Series race first on Saturday. So I'll pass to Jordan to talk about that one. Yeah. So we didn't get a chance to actually watch this race, obviously, because we were at the racetrack doing our own thing. So, But I did catch the highlights. I watched them earlier today. 
and wow, what, <laughs> what can I say? I mean, this whole weekend just seemed like it was just a crazy weekend from the drop of the green flag all the way through the end. Um, but starting off, uh, this, the Xfinity race. So, uh, I, from the recap, it looked like first lap, I mean, did not disappoint going into turn one, there was like four or five cars spun out. Then they reach all the way to turn six. And we were just kind of chit-chatting this about this before we started the podcast, but they had a camera view going down the back straight, so to speak, that coming out of turn six. And you see all the cars coming out, getting up towards the grass. And then it was like, <laughs> boom, 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 <laughs> six cars in a row nailing the turtles. And I mean, those cars were launching in the air. I mean, not just like, you know, four you normally see, yeah, all four tires cleared the, the ground. They were parallel. <laughs> and I was just like, holy crap. I mean, that's a big car to be going through the air like that. So I can't even imagine how much doo-doo had to be cleaned out of those cars <laughs> after the race was over. But, uh, but for this race, yeah, first few laps, the first, um, uh, it looked like the first stage was kind of a little bit hectic. Cars were kind of going everywhere. Guys were really pressing the issue, trying to get track position and get up there and get to the front. So for your first round, it looked like uh, your top five. Once they got into kind of the stage one, it kind of was a little bit hectic, and then things kind of settled down a little bit. So for stage one, top five was uh, coming in fifth was Sage Karam. Uh, coming in fourth was Austin Sidrick. Uh, third was Jeb Burton. Second was Riley Herbst. And then first was Justin Haley. Uh, then from there, from what I watched kind of, yeah, I kind of settled down. The race got a little bit drawn out. The guys were still kind of hitting those turtles a little bit. I remember there, who was that? The 26 car. I forget who the yeah. driver was. And he went through there and he was just too <laughs> hot and he tried to make the right hand turn, but the car just wouldn't go. And that car launched in the air. I mean, probably four or five feet yeah. cut in front of the field. I mean, there were guys missing him by like inches went off into the grass and i mean you you could my jaws just like dropped the mm -hmm. whole time watching those the highlights of this race but it was uh it was pretty i think it's pretty exciting overall i mean it's definitely it was something new i mean i even though these guys did this last year a lot of the drivers in the xfinity series some are back and some are new so you know it's definitely some challenges to go along with that but um so for your stage two your uh, top five for stage two was uh, coming in fifth was Andy Laley. Uh, fourth was Ty Gibbs. Third was Noah Gragson. Second was Justin Haley. And then first was AJ Allmendinger. He had a good weekend too. Um, then went off into stage three and then it got really strung out. And then pretty much Austin Cindric just kicked everybody's ass after that point. I think he was out to like what, four second lead or something like that by the end. Yep. So uh, coming in fifth, for your final results was Noah Gregson. Fourth was Chase Elliott. Good to see him up there in the oh, Xfinity yeah. Series. Uh, third was Justin Haley. Second was AJ Allmendinger. And then first was Austin Sindrick. So that is your um, winner for the Xfinity, Xfinity race at Indianapolis. Yeah, and um, to uh, on your point there, Chase Elliott was a late race fill for Michael Ennett again, who tried to give it a go after that yeah. that leg surgery, but didn't. But he, again, he like started almost last and finished. Would you say fourth? I mean, fourth, yeah, finished fourth. <laughs> Crazy, the guy, the guy on road courses. <laughs> I, I just I just don't get it. Like I don't. I mean, he needs to go to try a damn Indy car or something. He, yeah, an F1 I mean, car. I just like to see how how much he can. You know, if it's just him or if it's just the equipment, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, 
I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. No offense to Jimmy Johnson, but let them do a swap real quick. Yeah, and, right. And Ganassi's. <laughs> yeah. Put him in the seat of that car, and all of a sudden he goes out and smokes everybody by three seconds. Like, I, oh, okay. I honestly, at this point, right. wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. So then following up Saturday's crazy, whatever you want to call that race, uh, the Cup Series were on the same course. First time ever that they've run the uh, road course at Indy. It was the Verizon 200 and qualifying. They so all all weekend long. Uh, obviously, they had IndyCar series, Xfinity and Cup, and the NASCAR series. They were able to practice, qualify, and race. So not too often we see that anymore. So qualifying, going from fifth to first. Good old Daniel Suarez. Good to see him up there. Qualified fifth. Kyle Larson fourth. Chase Elliott third. Chase Briscoe second. And William Byron was your pole sitter. So Hendrick, again, flexing their muscles there. And kind of, so <clears throat> what from the Xfinity race, the IndyCar race, Xfinity race to the Cup Series race in uh, that turn six on the left-hand side instead of the right-hand side um, from last year in the Xfinity Series race, they added another curb, that bright orange one. Mm -hmm. And the IndyCars were jumping that thing too. And after the Xfinity mayhem on Saturday, they removed that one before the Sunday even came around to avoid that. So they thought they fixed it. And then everybody started going more right. And, you know, what happened after that? But so, Boom. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so stage one, same thing. I mean, it, it wasn't as bad as the Xfinity. They didn't wreck on the first lap or anything like that, but they had their struggles. Um, but I'll, I'll kind of go through this quickly because, I mean, stage three is where I really want to talk about. But stage one, Tyler Reddick was a dominant all day. Um, so he was your stage one winner, followed by good old Daytona 500 winner, Michael McDowell, Austin Dillon, Eric Jones, and Ryan Priest. So some names that you don't typically see up there getting stage points and stuff like that. So good to see that. Stage two, again, Tyler Reddick, his teammate Austin Dillon coming in second, Ryan Priest third, Ricky Reckhouse, I mean, Stenhouse in fourth. Whoops. Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, Matt De Benedetto in fifth, and uh, always like seeing him get up there too. He had a, a strong car. He was he was there at the end too, as I'll allude to here in a second. So, again, stage three, it's coming down to the uh, the wire. Uh, pressure's building, and the more and more that curb, like you were, were alluding to in turn six, the more and more they hit it. The more and more they hit it. It mm -hmm. started literally because it's metal. It started the leading edge of it where the the cars would first hit it, not on you know, on the front side. It started to come up, started to literally peel up like a, a sheet of metal, like sometimes you see on the highway just sitting there. And it was late. I want to say it was like ten to go. And it just reached to the point where I think William Byron was like in fourth, third, something like that, having a good run and it hits it. And you can just watch the whole underside of the car just explode because it, it hit the front end, took the splitter out. And it, he, of course, got air with that and destroyed his car, lands on the ground, spins out. Everybody's wrecking behind him. And then it's just like chaos. Everybody's hitting everybody. Joey Logano freaking flew off the track into the tire barrier. Thankfully it was okay, but everybody's wrecking. So at that point, and they had, they had under cautions or stage breaks or whatever, they had been working on that same curb all day, the Indianapolis track crew or whatever. And they thought they had it, thought they had, I think they repaired it twice, if I'm not mistaken. And then after that William Byron deal, he was the first to cross it and, or, you know, wreak the havoc of it. And after that, they finally called a red flag and they took, they literally removed it 
and they were like, okay, to hell with this and we're done. And it, I mean, it was like a 30 minute red flag. And <laughs> so they, they removed that curb, but so then everything's good. And then they, there was for the people that didn't watch the race. So that, that curb that we keep talking about was kind of a, you go in, you come in from turn five and you're making a right-hand corner into a left-hand corner, kind of like a snake, if you will. And that, that right-hand curve was supposed to help you kind of get back left. Like you hit it, like everybody hit that curve and then you go back left and stay on the course and then get on that long straight. So they took that out and then there's a, a curve that was perpendicular to that curve that they took out and it was a 90 degree. It was, it was straight across. So the crew chiefs were warning everybody, Hey, you know, go left, go as far left as you can, almost if you have to get in the damn grass. Cause if you hit that thing, uh, like a couple people, I think, uh, Corey LaJoy hit it earlier. Um, he hit it twice, but earlier in the race too. And again, jumped it like Superman. So they, they saw it. So anyway, um, they get back going again. And I think there's, it was a green, white checkered, the first one. So they get going. And of course, the first time into turn six, everybody's jockeying for position. And I think it was Michael McDowell launched it, like got too far right, like I just said, <laughs> and launched it up in the air, comes back down and of course spins out. Austin Dillon nails him. And I mean, it's just everybody's hitting everybody, everybody wrecking. Another red flag comes out. So now another red flag, like I said, and I think I can't remember which car was number four. 15 some somebody um blows up or something so he's leaking oil around the whole course before they black flag him and tell him to get off so now you have this 90 degree curb now you have speedy dry oil dry the whole course of the track Jeez. and i mean it's just dusty i mean it's wild so anyways they get back going for the second or third green white checkered however many it was and uh, you had Briscoe and Denny Hamlin up there battling. It was for sure with those two guys' race to win or lose. And they go into corner one and Chase Briscoe overdrives it, shoots through the grass, but keeps going like Dukes of Hazard style and comes back on the track in front of Denny Hamlin. So Chase Briscoe is your leader. But if in NASCAR's rules at a road course, if you cut the course at any point, you have to stop at the next available corner, kind of like a stop and go, and then get going again. So Briscoe, I guess I'm not going to get into that, but he thought he didn't make a, a he didn't deserve a, a penalty or whatever at that point. So he's still Denny Hamlin gets around him, and they're going down that back straight into the next corner, whatever that would be, eight, seven, whatever it was. And Chase Briscoe is, I mean, this is it for him. He's never won in the Cup Series. He's going for it, and I don't blame him. And he tries to dip low of, of Hamlin and gets into his right rear bumper and just shoots Denny off the track, just just dumps him. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, so anyway, and then there, the, I guess the spotter for Briscoe or whoever comes on the radio and says, hey, you got to stop. Uh, we're being penalized because we cut the course. So technically Briscoe's leading at this point, but your third place man at the time, AJ Allmendinger is now your race leader. So it was just chaos. Um, and then going back into turn five or turn one, whatever it was right there, Chase Briscoe tries to do his stop and go and uh, almost cause a wreck anyway. So basically AJ Allmendinger took it from there and didn't look back. We know he's a road course ace. Um, Good for him. He ended up winning it. Uh, Ryan Blaney snuck up there for second. Uh, no surprise. Kyle Larson took third. Chase Elliott fourth. And Matty D came in fifth. Um, but did want to note, 
I mean, I know there's a lot of people on Twitter, social media saying, oh, NASCAR, what a piss poor performance and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, at the end of the day, it was entertainment. It was exciting. It was a thriller. You literally had no idea who was going to win that one at the end. I, it was survival. Whoever didn't hit the curb is what it came down to. But good for College Racing. That's their first win in the Cup Series. Um, they've won again, or they've won a couple times in the Xfinity Series. But they're running full time Cup next year. So heading into uh, 2022 with a, a win under your belt, uh, sponsorship exposure, the money you gain from that, um, good for them. So, yeah, uh, like A.J. Allmendinger, always have. I think that's his second win in the Cup Series. He had one at Watkins Glen a few years back. But, yeah, and then good run for HMS again. Um, like I was talking to you guys before we started, Kyle and Chase show once again. But Chase had a, a miss a mishap on pit road, and his uh, the jack came out from under his car and cost him 12 spots or something. But, yeah, um, cool, cool race, I thought. Uh, we can – I know uh, Jordan post, or commented on uh, NASCAR's post on Facebook today, which which we liked better, the oval or the road course. But all in all, uh, thought it was good entertainment. I was, ju I was just going to actually comment about that because that did come up, and I did comment on that. What, what, are, what are your guys' thoughts? Like, for me, I, I prefer the oval because – yeah, there's so much tradition and everything that's there at Indianapolis. You know, it has so much history. I would like, if anything, I'd like to see them add the road course race and go there twice a year. Yeah. Do one, do one in the spring and then leave the brickyard, the mm -hmm. brickyard alone and, and do it again. Uh, you, you, I, I just don't want to see the road course replace the brickyard because it is the, the timeness. I mean, there's so much, yeah, again, like, touching on the so much history and everything else that goes to that track i mean i i still remember watching the very first one when jeff gordon won it yep uh you know i remember so many uh, tony stewart dale earnhardt winning there i mean those are memorable races for me would go into the brickyard i mean it's a crown jewel event for nascar not in just motorsports in general mm -hmm. so for them not to run the big course and replace it with the road course i thought it was kind of yeah, I don't know. It's, that's why it's chintzy, basically. But I, I mean, I lied to, to your point. I thought it was a very exciting race because I watched I watched a good portion of the Cup race uh, yesterday. But uh, I thought it was I thought it was really exciting. They didn't know who was going to win, so you can still have that, but then yet still have the the, the oval track to be able to do to do you know the actual big big event. You know, the one that everybody really looks forward to. Right. No, I I uh, I agree with that. It's like. It did, at the end of the day, serve entertainment purposes and was a hell of a race. So I don't think taking away is the best idea, but don't don't replace it. You know, right? So right. It's kind of like they added the Daytona road course this year. Like, don't take away the Daytona 500 to go to a road course. Right. That would just be so. or or even I still want to see him go back to having the Pepsi 400. I know yeah, it would be yeah. different, but I want to see him go back to having that event on. Yeah, we got to go back. Weekend. Yeah, we got to go back to that. But yeah, because those are just those those iconic tracks with those iconic races. Those are the ones people look forward to the most. You know, they have Daytona circled, Talladega, Martinsville, mm -hmm. Darlington, Indianapolis, yep. Bristol, Bristol. Those are the ones that everybody circles on their on the schedule every year. Those are the ones I look forward to every year. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. they're going to Kentucky. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I'll watch it. But oh, they're going to be at Indianapolis this weekend. Hell yeah, let's do yeah. it. Let's. Let, I'm I'm getting my beer, twelve pack, sitting there drinking by myself. <laughs> you kids, leave me alone for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I same thing as you guys. You know, it was an exciting race, but don't want to replace it. Keep the tradition. You know, it 
it's been a mainstay race for so long. And I, I like how they are kind of adding some more road course uh, races in there. You know, it, it just kind of eliminates some of those tracks that, you know, like I saw on Facebook, the same one that you were commenting on, George, is everybody's like, oh, it's boring. First couple laps are great. And the last couple of laps are great. Main part of the race is just like a, a snoozer. You know, it's like, yeah, I get that. But it's still to diehard NASCAR people. That's a, that's a track. Like you said, George, people circle and they, and they watch whether it's boring or not, you know, golf is boring, but people still watch it. And, you know, it's one of those things that people get excited for. And, you know, I, I say, keep it for sure too. And like you said, incorporate it twice a year and, and get rid of a track that maybe a mile and a half. Yeah. Get rid of one Mm -hmm. of these mile and a half tracks. Cause there's several on the, on the circuit that they're literally the same, the same, yeah. like michigan and uh california that's why california is going to be a short kansas track. kansas yeah. you know they're literally the same track except for in a different state like there's <laughs> nothing different about these exactly. some of these race race tracks that it's is exciting so you know it's yeah. i applaud nascar for trying something different just to try and get some different thing i'm like it shows like you were just reading off with the stage one stage two there's people in those stage wins and top fives that we have yet to see their names up there all year and and now they're there so it it gives drivers a a chance to do well because nobody's raced at that track before so exactly i like it but yeah like you guys said i would still keep the brickyard for sure do you have freight you need moved do you own a trucking company and want to join a premier partner If you answered yes to any of those questions, then go check out our friends at Headwall Logistics. Headwall Logistics offers contract freight, flatbed and hotshot trucking, expedited services, and so much more. Dave and Steve Peake are your guys in the logistics business and will take care of you by treating you like family, not just a customer. Contact them today by calling 719-789-1379. Again, that's 719-789-1379. One three seven nine, and tell them the Scrub and Tires podcast sent you. Well, speaking of uh, NASCAR, I'll let you uh, handle the next segment there, Jacob. Yeah, well, like I just said, you know, tracks like Michigan and California, <laughs> that's where they're going next week. So uh, Did you do that on purpose? Um, maybe I don't know. Kind of lead us into the next segment. <laughs> We're getting here. good at this. I know. Backhand, though, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. I'm not sure what this race is going to be called this next weekend. It's probably the uh, Walmart Tostino's 400 or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but Michigan, I don't know. I've always liked Michigan. It's one of those tracks where, you know, it's kind of exciting. They sometimes hit two, over 200 miles an hour going down the front straight, going into turn one, and then go down to like 140 through the turn sometimes. Yeah. Side-by-side racing and drafting and stuff. It's, it's still a good race, but, you know, it does get str- strung out for a little while, but. Uh, I think I'm kind of biased at this track just because it was the first win that Dale Jr. had to end his win streak. So it was always a nice track to right. kind of watch at least. So, but yeah, we got the Michigan coming up next week. So we're And gonna... if you're uh, wondering, it's the Firekeepers Casino 400. So oh, another see? mouthful. There you go. <laughs> uh, I kind of like the Walmart presented by yeah, Tino. We'll do... <laughs> <It's better. laughs> Um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and we haven't done this in a couple weeks, but we're going to go ahead and do our, uh, cup series picks for this next weekend. I was kind of looking up before we started the podcast tonight, the last few years of winners and, um, Kevin Harvick's been there, uh, the winner of the last two races. He's always done well there. 
but I can't get away from. I was going to say, if you want to owe us a case of beer, go ahead. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to go with Kevin Harvick just because he really hasn't shown much speed and and anything this year. He's had a couple top fives here and there, but uh, I can't go away from Kyle Larson. He's been dominant these type of tracks all year long, and he's won at this track a couple times. So I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, Kyle Larson for the winner of this weekend. So, uh, George, what do you got? Uh, I mean, it's tough to jump on that board because then if we're all right, nobody gets any beer out of the deal. Ooh, I know. It's true. So, uh, no, I think Kyle Larson's a really, really good pick. I'm, I'm going to go with another teammate of his, but it's not going to be one I think anybody is really think of. I'm going to go with William Byron. Damn it. I thought you were going to say Alex Bowman. I, well, I thought about Alex Bowman because he really does really well on like two mile tracks, yeah. like, you know, like Pocono and stuff. He's, he's damn good at tracks yeah. like that. But I just think that William Byron's he's, he's shown more and more throughout the year that he can be a little bit more consistent. Um, last weekend, he just, I mean, he was running what third mm -hmm. and then, when he won at Miami. Well, he won at Miami, and that's where I and that's where I kind of got to this because mm -hmm. he he's shown that he can perform on tracks just like this. This kind of suits his style a little bit. He's very good at preserving tires and 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 being on these long distance tracks. The one at Pocono too. I mean, he was right up front in Pocono. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with William Byron. See see if he can't pull it off. Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, I uh, I'm forced to to go. I'm going to go against green here and I'm going to go BJ McLeod. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Wait, I got to look him up. Who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, uh, like, like Jake said, uh, if you look at the stats there, happy Harvick is pretty dominant there. It's kind of like when you go to Phoenix or Atlanta, you kind of got to look at Harvick or uh, if you go to a road course, you got to look at Chase Elliott or whatever, but happy Harvick's just not there. He's, good for a top five top 10 at best um so yeah i'm gonna stay in the hendrick stable i i uh every time i've picked against this guy he's almost cost me a case of beer or two so <laughs> going young money kyle larson for to get his seventh win of the year so um like i said going for a seventh clearly he's won six times this year he's won at michigan three other times in his career swept 2017 the spring and fall race and then once in 2016 so yeah. look out he's i i hope he doesn't i, I mean i want him to win because I'm, I'm a really big fan of him but yeah it's just like holy crap i mean you the dominance know, he's having in right now you want to know it's weird i was thinking about this just watching his car uh on sunday so he has freightliner and then he has one other one and then obviously his main is it's coming out of mr h's pocket hendrick cars where i bought my pickup but why has he not got any sponsors I mean, is it because the controversy? What? Why does he not have the biggest sponsors in the world? I bet you it's one of those things where they have something in the works. They just don't want to announce it yet. They kind of want to wait till maybe end of the year, kind of yeah. have something yeah. to kind of look forward to and highlight in the off season, it's just to kind of bring some right. you know awareness to it after the season. So I'm like, he should be getting. I mean, six wins. That was I think what Kevin Harvick won six or eight times the whole year last year and we're almost to the playoffs and Kyle Larson's already won six times. Mm -hmm. Like this is a season we haven't seen in a little bit. Like why does this man not have a sponsor? Yeah. That's just kind of my thoughts, but yeah, I, I think they're going to wait for a little while just to kind of create some excitement in the off season. Yeah. Well, wasn't it, I think he just got, it wasn't it Cincinnati that just, yeah, it's Cincinnati and, 
So he has Cincinnati Freightliner and Hendrick Car. That's that what the it, other one. Yeah, that's, that's right. the other one I was thinking of. That's what it's Cincinnati. But I think so, they've been on the car w once each the whole year. Right. But I I I, I, I think to Jake's point, I I he's got to have something lined up. I don't think that they're going to announce it at this point in the season. I think they'll do something to to highlight yeah. it next year, and then that way they can unveil the car. Right. You're with right, the yeah. with the new paint scheme and all that stuff. Yeah. Because I, I I if it were me. And he's a smart man, Mr. H. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, well, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't announce that, and especially because you know Jeff Gordon's going to be coming on next year too, right? Uh, so I think that'd be a, a kind of a cool event for them to have. So yeah, I bet you there's something probably in the works, but they just haven't. They're not willing to announce that just yet. I don't know. Maybe yeah. we'll hit up Dale Jr. and be like, "Give us some insight, bro." Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I, I, you guys raised good points there. Why do it halfway through the season? Let's have a big party and shindig to announce it. Exactly. Right. Our next segment there, hopefully uh, one of us, uh, what well, looks like either George is going to have to buy us a case of beer or we're both going to have to buy him a case of beer is how that's going to work well, I out. I think so. he still owes us some beers from the first couple <laughs> well, of Well, he, 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 he made up for it at the track last time. He bought me a beer. So I Where did. was my beer? You were, you were signing autographs and, <laughs> and signing boobs. I mean, actually, in my closing comments, I remind me about that. I do have a story about that from this weekend. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I will remind you. Oh, I, will man, remind I can't you. wait for that. Can we just skip to them real quick? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Jordan made even on his beer with me. So, uh, well, he well, still owes me. So <laughs> maybe next time. All right. In Max Race. There you go. All right. Well, uh, we'll get into this next segment here. And we're trying to pick some cool segments that we, we like and we hope you, the, the listener, likes as well. So we have a new segment here. And I'll start off with Jordan first. But we're going to tell you, the, the, the fans, the listeners, our personal paint scheme ever ran and it can be any series excluding iRacing because uh, of course we'd pick our own cars that we've designed but our favorite paint schemes ever run NASCAR, Indy, whatever it is and then we're going to upload these pictures to our Scrub and Tires podcast Facebook page for you the listeners uh, to vote on so just click the like button for whichever one you think don't like all three of them because that would just defeat the purpose but <laughs> uh like the the one that you think is best and then and then maybe i don't know i guess the loser has i don't know we'll, we'll come up with something but uh yeah so it's our personal favorites and then we're going to tell you why a little bit why we why we chose that one um so yeah we'll post them right when we uh or in the in the comment section when we drop the link to this episode and then go on there and like whichever one you uh you like the best and get some friendly competition here so uh jordan we'll start with you buddy okay so i have three cars that i uh, i'm going to kind of go through them from three to one and then we'll, obviously we'll post the picture of the of the number one car that i like but uh Coming in third for me is the 2001 Pepsi 400 Dale Earnhardt Jr. Budweiser car. That mm -hmm. all-star race car was is iconic. Uh, that was such a memorable race for me. I wow. I, I remember for exactly America. what I was doing. I oh yeah, I mean there was so much you know leading up to that race, you know, because of his dad's death and everything. And then back then there was kind of like how we touched on before about sponsorships you know he had that one sponsor he had the one paint scheme and that was kind of like really the only time that he ever delved away from the all red car and he went mm -hmm. with the white car so it, it made it that much more exciting 
And then he goes out and wins the race. And that car was just badass. I actually, when I was in high school, I had an art project and I drew that race car as one of my final art, like art projects. I scanned it and I traced it and everything, painted the whole thing. And I, I, to this day, I don't know what, remember what I did with that car. I still wish I had it. Oh yeah. Got an A on it because <laughs> I did it in like watercolor and everything. Oh, nice. It was, it was badass. And I, to this day, I still don't know what I did with that. But anyway, so, uh, that one is, uh, coming in third for me. Normally that's my number one paint scheme, but the more and more I thought about it, uh, there's a couple others that I, that I've truly enjoyed, uh, over the last 50 years of racing, watching racing and whatnot from NASCAR. So coming in second is the 1989 Bill Elliott Coors car. Mm. That red one where it, and yep. then it kind of did like a 45 degree and it had Coors at an angle all the way up to the, the rear quarter panel right there. Yep. I, there's just something about that car. I freaking love it. You want to know got- a cool story about that car real quick. So when I went to Dawsonville on my, on my way to Talladega the first year, we stopped in Dawsonville, of course, and uh, went to the Georgia uh, Motorsports Hall of Fame. And they have, um, I mean, one of the those cars obviously back then they didn't have 20 cars a season but it was one of those that he ran that year like mint condition kind of how it was with that paint scheme and it is badass in person it is it's so cool i mean i see it on iRacing all the time people running it and i ran it for a little while and it's just a it's an it's another iconic race car paint scheme look i mean you just look at it and it can be run today it could be run you know in the 90s and it would still Mm -hmm. look good it could be run 20 years from now and that paint scheme would still look good right so so that that car um that coors car for me is number two uh, my number one is the, I believe, I, I hope I get the year right. I believe it's 2010, the Daytona race in um, July, the Xfinity Series race, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s Wrangler car. Oof, yep. The number three. The yep. number three, the last time he ever drilled the number three car, that yellow and blue number three to me is was smoking tar smoking looking car because i love that paint scheme on the old you know 80s the back in the 70s and 80s when he drove the wrangler car the, the old man did and then right. when they put that paint scheme on that 2010 camaro it was just like Ooh. that's perfect that's perfect that yeah. is just perfect i loved it i love the 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 colors how they complement each other the yellow the blue and then you know they did the whole thing he did his suit they all the pit crew drivers they they did it the, all of their stuff in yellow and blue so yeah that for me was just that was number one i i absolutely loved the look of that car um it, it's it's again it's an iconic it's an iconic car you could run that and then i mean look at it from the 70s all the way up until 2010 there you know everybody looks at that car and they just go i know exactly who who owns that one i know who drove that car everything so yeah that one for me is uh probably that's the number one for me is that dale earnhardt jr car that he drove in the xfinity race yeah how could you go wrong there right yeah but like he said when after the race when he won it he's like you know we didn't bring this car to finish fifth or fourth or whatever he's like we came here to win and that's exactly what he did and just yeah be able to win in that car with like that that was just the whole thing about putting that car together in general and then to go out and win is that was just one it of was probably, awesome probably one of the greatest moments of nascar history right there too so, oh 100 yeah yeah i uh got a little treat for you guys check your phone check our phone oh boy and we're live here we're live oh, here. Wow. oh, 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 oh there it is oh, look at that there it is oh look <laughs> it, the tires are even flat from the yep. uh did because he did he burn out that car yeah yeah because oh, yeah. 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 look there's rubber on the quarter panel yep, yep. 
Yep, when what? I was the one of 18 times that I went to junior motorsports, so I was sitting there. I think somebody <laughs> needs to give it a good washing, though. It looks a little dusty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for our listeners who weren't, or, you know, who don't have the ability. So he sent us a picture of the car sitting in the museum at Dale, Dale Jr.'s uh, JR Motorsports. Yep. So, oh, yeah, that car to me is just like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. It, it was that, cool to see. That's Eleanor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice gone in 60 seconds reference there. Right, right. <laughs> All right, Jake, What? give us your uh, rundown. Yeah, kind of same thing to you. I, I, I only have two. Well, I mean, I, I probably have like a top 10, but, you know, just for the sake of the podcast, I, I really only <laughs> had two. And uh, maybe it's just we're biased because we love Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Jr. so much that we just kind of like their looks more than anybody else's. But uh, I had number two as being the... Same car from 2001 when he won that Pepsi 400 right after his dad died. Uh, that car, like you said, was just badass. And for it to be white, because that's the only car, other paint scheme he ran that year was the white car. That was that was something else. But I'm also also looking on my little diecast row here that uh, I, I think this was 2003, maybe four, uh, when he ran the American flag paint scheme with the Budweiser car. Oh yeah, that one that was, was a good. That car. I mean, pretty... Budweiser just did such a great job. Oh yeah, yeah, all of the it, cars. And when they went to Casey Kane, when he they sponsored right. him and uh, Harvick, Harvick, I yeah. always loved the Budweiser car. It was yeah. just mm -hmm. so good looking. Yeah, it sucks that they're not in the sport anymore, but because Coors is better. It, well, they, <laughs> Coors is a better beer. Budweiser had a better paint scheme, so yes, that's true. That's, that's hard. But yeah, I'd say that car and you know the 2001 car the, those two cars were probably a close you know second there but uh i think after looking at all the cars because even the dale jr car when he ran it at Dar uh, darlington the mountain dew throwback that was a mm -hmm. cool car but i think for me one of the coolest paint skims he probably had and just maybe because i'm a superhero freak and i love batman the car that he won at michigan to end his 143 uh, race winless streak the dark knight rises paint scheme that was a cool looking car and yeah that for was him to have that sponsor and that paint scheme to win crack his 143 race win the streak that was a pretty cool looking car and then like we were alluding to uh before the podcast that was the also the race where uh now amy earnhardt was uh, revealed right. as his girlfriend yeah. so you know not only did you end a winless streak you had a freaking smoking good looking car <laughs> And then you showed up your smoking hot girlfriend. So I was gonna say. <laughs> so yeah. that that whole thing and that car, just the way it was, the green numbers and the all black uh, paint scheme, kind of you know make made you think of the old man with the black car, and just everything about it. I loved it. So that would be my number one for uh, paint schemes. Yeah, good solid choice there. That's I remember watching that race, and I I was so excited. I think I posted it on facebook i was like I about time junior or something like that i was gonna say i think i even <clears throat> recorded his burnout after the race yeah. and he normally doesn't do burnouts because he likes to take the car home right he does the old polish victory lap like yeah quick exactly and, and he always says you know we want to diagnose the car see what good ran good what didn't run yeah. good you know use that data for next race but anytime he did a burnout that was always pretty cool so i remember recording that and posting on facebook too yeah. So I too, um, I spent probably two hours contemplating this, <clears throat> even though I, <laughs> we've had the notes here for a week, but <laughs> I, I spent uh, probably a solid two hours here today deciphering 
I, and I went through, I looked at a bunch of pictures of cars that I've liked throughout my life and I'll kind of get into that. But I originally had Dale Earnhardt Jr. going on that theme. Like you said, we're all fans of him, his dad, the whole family, except for Teresa. Um, <laughs> but uh, I had his 2016 nod to Buddy Baker in 1980, the Grey Ghost. Oh, he, yeah. He, yeah, he ran it twice. One was the car of tomorrow, and that car just looked horrendous with any paint scheme. But then he mm-hmm. ran it again. So the earlier one, I think it was like t- 2008, was with the National Guard as the sponsor. And then the one in 2016 was Nationwide. And they did they knocked that one out of the, out of the park. And so I had uh, the pictures of it and that was i had my whole blurb and notes about it and then i was like who am i kidding this new chase elliott night owl they call it the hooters black and orange uh matte black with the the matte orange roof and kind of a a post and b post um with the with the decals being bright orange and glossy i mean they unveiled it last year and they haven't changed it since. And I think he's ran it two or three times and he just ran it at a Indianapolis road course this weekend. And I remember saying, Michael Ann, Hey, look at that car. Isn't it great? We were on our way to the grocery store and I had, I was watching it on my phone for a bit before we got home and she's like, yeah, it's great. I'm like, no, this is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I got to go with Chase Elliott there and not just because it's Chase Elliott, but obviously if you know me at all, my colors are black and orange. I love the matte finish of any car and then to have the the decals kind of glossy and and pop like they do in my opinion i think they they knocked it out of the park there and it just looks mean and it looks like a race car should i guess and it's very you could see that damn thing from a mile away in my opinion so i was gonna say your girlfriend was like oh that's cool it's like babe this is my car next year <laughs> yeah, it's We're, gonna, well, come on man yeah it's gonna look you, very similar you know you know what's really funny is because uh give the listeners a little bit of insight so i've been i've been playing around with the design of brandon's car already and dude without even knowing it i did this exact design See? for your car <laughs> without even knowing it so i'll send that to you i haven't even shown you yet but i'm just oh. gonna give you a little bit of highlight but it i mean it's 99.9% damn the same. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, for some reason, super coincidental right there. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm sure you're going to knock it out of the park too. You've done excellent uh, work with the, the three and the BHR logo and just everything. And I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, uh, you knew that was coming how, how I wanted. I didn't even have to tell you. What to didn't do. have to say anything. <laughs> I, just, I just like in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, yeah. E- orange. Yes. Yeah, splash on the roof. Yep. Uh, we're going to go this heavy. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and like I said, I ha- originally had the gray ghost on there and then I went back and forth. So if you guys remember, I can't remember the year, forgive me, but Billy, uh, Bill Elliott's, uh, midnight mcdonald's car it was like a blue and oh yeah yeah oh yeah it had the moon on the side yeah. of it and everything yeah, yeah that thing was, was that sweet the 94 yeah, it was, car yeah it was yeah, yeah it was it was 94. 94 yeah and it yep. was like the midnight mac for mcdonald's or whatever yep mm-hmm. that thing was cool i i always remember and i think if i remember right i was like must have been six seven eight years old right around in there and there was a car at cns that was painted like that i can't remember if it was a late model or whatever i specifically remember a car being painted like that at CNS, obviously not probably McDonald's or whatever, but I remember that. And then obviously Jamie McMurray ran a throwback at Darlington in the one car, but yeah, that was on my list. And then uh, if you remember Matt Crafton, when he drove for Kevin Harvick incorporated in the truck series back in like Oh four Oh five, right in there, 
that truck that basically mimicked uh, Kevin Harvick's uh, 29 car in the Cup Series, that yeah. thing just for whatever reason, um, again, the bright orange, the black, the silver, kind of that theme. Love that one. And then some of Austin Dillon's uh, paint schemes, like his his current Tracker Boats one, it's again, black and orange. It mm -hmm. just looks nasty. And then uh, it was I think it was right when he started in the Cup Series, 2014, I want to say, his white. It's kind of like that uh, Legend car. And damn it, Jordan, we need to tell that story about the legend car on iRacing, that paint scheme on trading paints. But uh, Oh, yeah, we will have to tell that at some point. Yeah, but uh, anyways, Austin Dillon's white car, again, it has kind of camo like real tree camouflage accents around the fenders and is outlined in uh, that neon um, orange. So, yep. again, I'm a sucker for that neon <laughs> orange. But I think he stole that from me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was – well, shit, I'm just going to share the story. So, yeah, do it. So – Jake, Jordan, and I didn't meet until 2018, 2019, right in there. I had no idea who they were, vice versa. So I'm out in Charlotte, and it's probably 2017 at this point before I'd moved back. And for all of you who don't know the iRacing service or whatever, so there's this program called Trading Paints. So Trading Paints, and Jordan's a, a more of a master about this, but I'll just kind of give a, a brief blurb of it. So you can get on there um, and upload the paints that you create on the iRacing templates for every car. Every car in the game has a template and you create your own just like Jordan does, I do, Jake does, whoever. So anyways, and if you're good at painting like Jordan, um, you can publish your posts for or your paints for other people to use. So I'm scrolling through there. And like if you listen to the, I think it was last week's episode when we were talking about our favorite iRacing division or class or whatever to race in, I've always got, just kind of stuck to the legends, divvied out into the late models, whatever. But so I'm looking through trading paints. So, and I'm looking at the legends and I'm scrolling through and bam, there's just one. And I remember it was right in the middle of the page and it's bright ass orange. And it has the real tree camo on it. And it just looks like I'm like, this was designed for me. So, <laughs> but it was the legend dirt. So it, it was, ba I mean, basically the same template. You have the, the mud plugs for the tires, but that's essentially it. So I remember looking at it. I was like, damn, I don't know what the hell I'm doing yet. It, you know, in GIMP or uh, Inkscape or Adobe, whatever, to do this. So I'm like, uh, I screenshotted it. I'm like, how can I do that? And it would just never work. So I messaged this person and I was like, hey, do you, can you like swap this over to an asphalt legend car, whatever? And no response. I'm like, damn, whatever. So <laughs> I, then we start and I, I ran, uh, I tried dirt and legend cars for like two races and I did, it's still my paint scheme on, uh, I'll have to send you a screenshot of that. But um, so anyways, fast forward, Jake, Jordan and I meet racing go-karts, whatever. And I don't know how it got to be, but I went back on trading paints and I'll be damned if it wasn't Jordan Smith, the author of that paint scheme. <laughs> and it's just kind of crazy how that all worked. Like, you know, I didn't know you from Adam 1500 miles away yep. use, using your paint scheme, messaging you never, you know, get a response back. And then lo and behold, a couple years later, we become best friends. Like I don't. <laughs> yep. And now we're doing a podcast. Too. Yeah. Now we're doing a podcast talking about <laughs> it's that. Fate, so, bro. It's yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I shout out to you, man. Like so the work you do, not only I racing paint schemes, but just the logos, everything. I mean, I'm not going to uh, give you more business than, than you. It sounds like you got your hands full, <laughs> but, but, but load of work. But if you guys need anybody who listens to this, if, 
you know, you want to you want to give Jake a, or Jordan a bottle of Pendleton or a case of beer for a logo. I mean, that'll do it. He'll knock it out of the park for you. So that'll do it. Yeah, that's for sure. No, I, I, I love doing the paint schemes. They're so much fun. I was going to say, hey, Dale Jr., if you ever listen to our podcast and you need somebody to help uh, your race Seriously. teams out with the paint schemes, call up Jordan. There you go. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I was telling him uh, what, what I'd quit my job. <laughs> when we were talking about designing the new three for me um i literally told him i was like dude you literally need to go do this for a living like you are that good at it like you can tell jordan not even in text you can be like hey i'm looking for this and kind of do this kind of do this and then an hour later it'd be like hey you like it and you're like uh yeah this is like <laughs> i did it and i don't know what the hell i'm doing that's what i saw <laughs> in my brain yeah, yeah exactly so phenomenal work there buddy yeah thanks bro thanks all right. Well, uh, good segment there, boys. Yeah. If you guys got any comments about those paint schemes that we're going to post, definitely uh, vote. Uh, yeah, like the Chase Elliott one. Yeah, no, <laughs> let's just leave it to the fans. Let's just <laughs> yeah, say that's that. fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, next segment here, we're going to get into this weekend's CNS uh, recap we had on Saturday, August 14th, the Mountain States Fire Protection Challenge Cup. Hey, got I'm it in the notes there. 46. <laughs> I knew it. I think I, last week I even said You I did. You did 46. say 46. So but I, I, I had to Google it in the notes, and I was like, how do you do no, uh, Roman numerals? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. We're still terrible at it, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but we had the Super Late Bottle 150, uh, the GAMS, Super Stocks, and the Figure 8s. It was a good weekend, so we're going to go ahead and have George start off with the Super Stocks and the Figure 8s. All right. So... Kickoff for the super stocks. It, it was a it was a pretty crazy race there, and we'll we'll kind of touch on to the uh, main event here in a second. But um, qualifying. So coming in fifth was the one ne of Troy Widar. The uh, coming in fourth was the ninety of Alex Rodriguez, and then coming in third was the ninety nine of Sam Messarelli. Uh, thir- second was the number three of Mike Cox, and coming in first was the number fifteen of Jared Wall with a nineteen five three four. Pretty close there between the top five. Uh, Troy Widar in coming in fifth ran a nineteen seven, and then it was nineteen six, nineteen six, nineteen five, nineteen five. So really, really close as far as. Um, qualifying goes there uh then you had the uh dash so coming in fifth for the uh the dash was the 14e of eric phelps fourth was the 33 gary cortese sorry i always screw up names uh third was the 23 of jordan abeta uh second was the 32 of cody milan Milan. i always get that wrong <laughs> we even said it. it when they announced it on the uh Mylan. Yeah, I'm at the track. <laughs> I know. I, I always I always see it, and it's Milan. No, it's Milan. Well, Dang it. Sorry, Cody. He races in basically every series, so we have to say it every week. I know. Right? He does so good, so it's Milan. Uh, Milan. It's my bad, Cody. Uh, so, And then coming in first is a 99 junior of Ryan, Ryan Rayleigh Jr. All right. So then your uh, super stock fast dash. It, they didn't have it on race monitor, but I know that Jeremy Wall ended up, or it, was it Jeremy Wall that? Uh, no, the fast dash. Uh, Alex Rodriguez ended up winning the fast it. dash. The baseball player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly. If he he came out this weekend. Car, I'd oh, be yeah. surprised. <laughs> he was signing, kissing babies after the race was over too. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the fast dash winner was uh, the ninety of Alex Rodriguez, and then we get into the feature, and the feature was. Kind of crazy. So w- we ended up watching this race. So they had it set up, and I don't want to 
I don't want to completely bash the track about how they had this, how they had the main setup. But anyway, so we ended up getting to be able to watch the main event for the super stocks at least. And it was a pretty darn good race. I mean, there was a lot of battles going on, a lot of side-by-side -side racing for majority of the race. Then about, I would say probably about halfway through, there was two cars. Oh, and I forget. It was the 55 and the 33. 55 uh, and the 33. Amy and Lockhart and Gary and Cortese. The Cortese. So they come out of turn four and they're banging doors. And I mean banging doors. They're all the way down damn near on the apron banging doors. And the inside car was that. Was that the 33? No, was the, inside the 55 was 55 inside. was on the inside. And he basically decided he had enough, drove the 33 car up into the wall. Oh. Boom. I mean, they drilled that wall. That car was up on the wall. Then it Yikes. came back down and settled. Then the 19 car. She ended up being into that accident, accident she, as well. I don't she, know how. I don't know how she was, but I because I, I didn't see her at all. But she came up, parked her car next to the wreck, jumped out and from what i saw it looked like she was ready to kill somebody <laughs> but apparently she she was going over to make sure that because it's her dad that drives oh. to dri drives the 33 so she was concerned that he got hurt because i mean he smoked that wall right so the crowd you can hear the crowd from the pit side i mean they're just i think they thought she was going to fight him too because they're <laughs> cheering like crazy and i'm like oh my god she's you, you see old the Brent camps over there holding her back. Like they got her in the air over his shoulder, like holding her back. And I'm like, oh my God, she's just don't hit him in the face. You got a helmet on. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just yelling on him. Just, but, um, but yeah, but apparently she was uh, just concerned about her dad. And then after that, a uh, pretty good race after that too. I mean, they ended up, did they cut it short? They did I think cut it they, short. They cut it short. Because of how long it took to cut, uh, clean up the To accident. clean up that accident, yep. So they ended up cutting the race a little bit short. So uh, your top five goes as follows. So coming in fifth was 11W is Scott Long. Uh, coming in fourth was the 49 of Chris Cox. Third was the 86 of Tim Cote. And second was the 90 of Alex Rodriguez. And coming in first was the number three car and the, of Mike Cox. Uh, and he's got that, speaking of paint schemes too, I didn't even think about this one, but he, his car is a complete replica of Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s 1997 and 1998, or no, 1998, 1999 mm -hmm. uh, uh, AC Delco AC Delco, Delco. car. That, it was a slick looking car. And, and congrats to that man. I ended up going and actually talking to him. I took the kids over to get his autograph after the race was over. And yeah, he looked a little worn out, but he did a great job. And it was a great race overall. So um, good job. There was a total of 22 cars in that race. So it was good to see a lot of a lot of super stocks out there that's the first time i've seen them run in a long time and they all put on a really good show so uh that was your uh, super stock recap then for your figure eights it was another exciting little bit of a race they obviously they don't have race monitor or anything like that so your dash winner for the figure eights was uh jeremy wall uh then for your main event he ended up starting about i think mid-pack jeremy did and a lot of good racing. The seven car of Daniel Wood ended up getting way out in front. And lo and behold, I mean, Jeremy Wall was catching him. I mean, he flew past everybody, got down to about, I think, three laps to go. They were going into turn three. Jeremy Wall was underneath him. And the seven car, I, I don't know if he didn't know if he was there or whatnot, but clipped the right front tire. Jeremy blows the right front tire. And ends up falling back, and I think he finished. I mean, I think I think he ended up finished like mid pack or something. But from the from the looks of it, I I don't think there's 
many of the wall family members were too happy with that gentleman after the race is over. A couple of them drove by. They drive his race car when he was parked on the front stretch. But and they gave uh, him the number one sign. I I don't know. I couldn't really tell from my vantage but point. Hey, how are you doing, son? I I was I was at that point because I didn't know what was going on in the super stock race. But I was thinking there was going to be like a round two. You know, like here comes the main event fight. Right. after the race is over but uh but yeah uh so then your end up your winner ended up being daniel wood so of the seven car so uh congrats to him he still put on a pretty good race he he was way out in front and uh, yeah the only person that was going to catch him was jeremy and then uh they ended up clipping clipping the cars together and he cut a tire so then he ended up kind of running away with it a little bit so um yeah so that's your uh, race recap for the super stocks and the figure eights so uh jake pop you want to give us a recap of the gams yeah, definitely. And like you said, you don't don't want to kind of rip on the track for how they did the schedule. But just for everybody that uh, wasn't at the race on Saturday, they basically did the did they, they did the super socks first, the figure eight second. They did the super late model 150, which we'll go through here in a second with George. They did a halfway break at lap 75. They brought in all the cars, did an interview and all this other stuff. George will go over uh, and then finish the last 75 laps. But even before that race, they did the fireworks, which they were supposed to do it after the super late model race. But with everything that kind of happened in the super stocks race and just they were kind of behind, they did the uh, fireworks before the super late model race. So it was kind of just a weird thing going on. And, the and then, yeah, it was just it was of, weird. It was weird. W weird night Made for a long night. It made for a very long yeah. night, like we <laughs> said in the beginning of the podcast. And um, we were the last race of the night, which. I wasn't too happy about because I was really looking forward to seeing the whole super right. late model race and even fireworks afterwards. But it is what it is. I, I think the track kind of liked how we did it with the uh, Arca cars, even though that wasn't really meant to go that way either. <laughs> but I think they kind of track owner liked how that was and is what it is at this point. So not happy about it, but we still got to race and it was still fun um but just kind of recap just the weekend in general we went out and practiced there was a couple of games out on friday practice we made some changes on the car that we thought was going to be good and it was not we went in the wrong direction so me and dad spent all friday night till about midnight changing everything back to on the car that we did and to get it better and it, it ended up working uh, a lot better but just kind of a recap of what was going on with us for the weekend but for the gams we had quick time here so i'll start from fifth down to first so we had holly clark with a 1725 fourth was kyle clegg with a 17197 third was nathan gasser with a 17174 scotty scott with a 16975 uh, and darren clark was your quick time winner with a 16 eight five nine uh, like i said last time we had the games out darren clark man he's he's just a qualifying machine it seems like uh he's always in the top two or three it seems like so good laugh there by darren dash one uh i think i ended up qualifying like 11th or 12th or something like that so i was in the first dash it was a good race started last, last. Of the uh whole I haven't started five races rule, so that kind of sucked because I should have started technically third or second. But anyway, uh, we had a couple of cars, though, that didn't start the dash. I think the 59 Charlie Wilson, something happened to him during practice and then into qualifying. Um, he actually ended up packing the car up before the heat race. Uh, so we were down one car there and then the number four car, he just kind of goes out for the main event. So he didn't 
compete in the dash. So we were down a couple cars, but the winner was Jim Douglas, number two car. Uh, Justin Carroll came in second, the 82. I came in third, the 89. Eric Voss, the number 41, came in fourth. And Dale Geist, I think is how you pronounce that. Uh, yep. Number one car. That's right. I think his first race out this year. I'm not sure if I remember him any other race, but uh, it's always good to see some new cars out there. And then your fast dash. Uh, what a race. I got to see this one uh, since it ran a couple of races after our dash. And everybody put on a pretty good show. It was a pretty close race and not really a whole lot of side to side by side racing. But I think from first on to at least third or fourth, everybody was within at least a tenth or two of, of each other. Yeah. So it was some good racing. Um, it was clean, too. It was, it real was clean very race. clean. Yeah, very clean race. So your dash two fast dash winner was the number nine car of CJ Wilson. Uh, the second place was Kyle Clegg, the 51 third was Nathan Gasser, the 24 Holly Clark, the 17 car came in fourth and your quick time winner, Darren Clark came in fifth, the 13 car. And then the feature, uh, was a great race. Uh, it was kind of just sucks that we were racing so late. I don't think we started until about, like I said, 10 o'clock for this race. So it was very long night. I'm sure everybody was very tired, but. Even how late we started, everybody was running clean. Everybody was running fast, and it was Good. just a great, great night overall for the yeah, game. There was there was no incidents yeah. really in that race. There's just one, one, one yellow. They had a, a mysterious yellow in the middle yeah, of the race, which I don't really know what happened. What it was with about 15 to go, they threw the yellow flag, and nobody was spun out or anything on the track. And I'm asking Jordan on the radio, like, what's the caution for? And he's like, <laughs> I really don't. No, Asco Bremkamp. I'm gonna. I did, I'm actually, gonna. I'm gonna say. Really answer me. <laughs> I'm gonna say it was a competition, quote unquote, competition caution, if I will. I mean, I'm sure I'll get in trouble for that, but I don't know. There was the uh, the spotter stand um, official. She didn't say anything. So at that point, I mean, I don't really know, but it really, it really didn't matter much. I mean, everybody yeah. still ran really well. So yeah. yeah, and right after that caution, I think actually the first lap right after yep. the green flag somehow. And I even went up to the 41 car, Eric Voss. He just said he kind of scraped the wall going down the back straightaway. And then the rear end just popped around on him and he Ooh. went ascend into turn three into the wall. So he actually Oof. ended up uh, crunching his car pretty good. Um, but as far as everything else, uh, it was a clean race. Just got the car or a uh, race restarted with about 13 or 14 to go and it was green flag racing from there and um scotty scott and cj wilson were battling pretty good until about i think five laps to go and uh cj yep. uh kind of tailed back a little bit and darren clark and kyle clay got by him a little bit and but scotty scott man he was out there he was flying uh but with i think george said with about five to go or so darren clark started to catch him a little bit but it's kind of one of them things a little too late a little too little too late and Scotty Scott ended up uh, winning the uh, GAM feature. So, and he was, ended up scraping scraping the wall to t tell you about it. So he was pushing that car really hard. Darren was with about three laps to go because we had his spotter right next to us, Mike Hunter, and he was you know telling him you're catching him, you're catching him, you're catching him, and you could see him. He came out of turn two, and then he was pushing it, and he just floated right up towards the wall, and he ended up getting to the wall a little bit. And I think that's what ultimately kind of hurt him from fully catching scotty with a couple yeah. laps to go there yeah yeah how about scotty that's his second ever his time second in that car. ever race yeah, yeah. in dude. that car and that dude uh, can wheel it yeah definitely. amazing job yeah amazing job by him um but like i said all around great race to, especially to end the night with a semi-caution free 
race other than the mysterious yellow flag and then the unfortunate <laughs> event of the 41 car. Uh, it was a very clean race. So our top five for the GAM feature was the zero car of Ron O'Neill in fifth, CJ Wilson, the nine car in fourth, Kyle Clegg, the 51 in third, Darren Clark, 13 in second, and Scotty Scott, your feature winner. So uh, that was your GAM recap. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and pass this back to George for the super late models race, because since I was kind of getting ready to get going for the gam race i only really saw the first half of the super late model race and started getting ready for the r race so take it over george all right cool all right well thanks uh yeah it was pretty exciting gam race there so we're gonna move right along to the uh fire mountain states fire protection challenge cup 46 <laughs> um yeah it was it was a pretty good race um i i didn't I mean, yeah, those, these are just my opinions on the, on the race. I'm just going to say, I, I don't like how they set up the race. I love the idea of 150 laps, but I don't like how they put the caution at uh, competition caution at 75 to get them more fuel and stuff. I know that the cars need it and stuff, but then they, they loaded all of the crew members up. You were allowed two crew members to go on to the trailer and then go out to the middle and then they could work on the cars out on the track and whatnot. Couldn't change tires or jack up the car. Couldn't try. Yeah. Which I understand because, you know, if they come back, then guys are making adjustments and stuff like that. But why not at that point? Like, okay, you can't do anything. You can't change your tires, but you can make some small adjustments to the cars and whatnot. Why not just bring them in? But my thought was, why didn't you just run two main events? Why didn't you run one the very first of the night? You ran a 75 lapper. And then to end the night, you had a 75 lapper. Then you have yeah. two main events to go on the same night. That's just how I would have done it. But anyways, uh, so from the get-go, here you go. So you, they didn't have any dashes or anything for this uh, for the super late models. They only had the race, and then they had qualifying. So coming in fifth for your qualifying lap of a 15-7 was Chris Eggleston. Uh, or sorry, fifth was, no, sorry, the 05C of Chris Cooper. Or Nick Cooper, sorry, he's a rookie, with a 15.8. Fourth was Chris Eggleston with a 15.7. Third was the 11 of Darren Robertson, a 15.7. Uh, second was Cody Vanderwall with a uh, 15.6. And then first was the number five of Cody Dempster at a 15.6. Uh, good to see Cody back out there. I know he was doing some, I, th I thought he moved out to like North Carolina or something, was working for a race, uh, uh, I think it was a race car builder out there or something like that. So, hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. Um, but anyways, uh, that's your top five for qualifying. Then we get into the race here. So the race, it, it they kind of played follow the leader from the very get-go. Cody Dempster jumped out to a oh, quarter straightaway lead over everybody. And, I mean, he ran away with it for the first 75 laps. I mean, there was nobody that was catching him. He was, he was flat out flying. He was doing a really good job. It kind of got single file there for the first 75 laps. Um, then they did an, they threw the caution inverted a little, they asked the crowd if they wanted to keep it the same or if they wanted to invert the field. So they crowd got excited and inverted the field Hell yeah! and it put Brett Yaki on the pole. And I'm not quite sure. I'm going to have to ask some of the guys around as to why he's not the fan favorite because he ended up losing fuel pressure and couldn't get the car started. And couldn't get it running. So he's on the pole Damn. and he can't, he can't get the car running. So he ends up having to come off and all the fans are cheering. So I don't know. I don't know the story about that. I, I mean, haven't, you know, we weren't there the all last year. I mean, even though COVID and everything, we did try to pitch. And so I don't know what the deal is with that. But 
anyway, so he couldn't. So they ended up, uh, it was Chris Hagelson ended up getting on the pole for the second half of the race. He ended up getting out in front, um, held it for probably 15, 20 laps or so. He was running really, really well. And then they had a couple of cautions. Brett Yaki got a couple flat tires, had to come back in. And then they had a pretty good battle between Chris Eggleston, Darren Robertson. Um, the, the Moose ended up getting up to fifth and Cody Dempster. But your, your, main, your main guys that were pretty much up front all night were Cody Dempster, uh, Cody Vanderwall, Darren Robertson, Bruce Jackie, and and that was that Chris was pretty Eggleston much was up there Chris Eggleston. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Chris Eggleston. Second there in the the first halfway point. The first half. Yep, yep. So then, yeah, Co- uh, Cody Vanderwall got back out in front, and then he ended up. I mean, you just nobody could catch him. Um, Chris Eggleston, I think, lost a little bit there towards the end. He ended up falling back, but then your top five ended up being. Bruce the Moose Yaki coming in fifth. Uh, fourth was the 22, Chris Eggleston. Fifth was uh, the number five, Cody Dempster. Second was the 11 of Darren Robertson. And then uh, coming in first was the 43 of Cody Vanderwall. And yet he had a two-second two second lead by the end of that race was over. Damn. So he, uh, yeah, he, was, he was flying. I mean, there was nobody catching him. He said that he had a brand-new race car. His dad, they spent like, I don't know, up until the night before trying to get his ready to go days. Yeah. Yeah. They were spent like all day, all night getting his dad's race car ready to go. And then he left uh, his car to his crew chief and stuff. And I, I guess he just was super happy with the way it was handling. I mean, he was hitting his marks and he was gone. So he ended up being your mountain States fire protection challenge cup 46 winner, Cody Vanderwall. And he did a really good job. I mean, hats off to him. Um, he's been running really, really well in the truck series this year. And then he comes out in the super late models and then kicks some major butts. So good job for him. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, uh, just to kind of add to that a little bit too, uh, this was the $5,000 winner race for the super late models, not only the, for the challenge cup, but, uh, the $5,000 to the winner. So not only did Cody get the $5,000 yep. winning, but at the halfway point as well, like George was alluding to with. Uh, doing the invert and letting the fans vote to invert or just let them start where they finished. Um, the halfway point winner also won a thousand dollars, thanks to Coca Cola, I do believe. So yep, that's uh, right. So Cody Vanderwall had a good clean sweep for the weekend. So yeah, because he won the first seventy-five nice laps. Yeah, nice little paycheck. Yep. So he came home with a little six thousand uh, dollar. Hey, how you doing, paycheck? So <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, good, good, good night for him. All right. Well, uh, continuing on this CNS, um, we will do the look ahead now uh, to next weekend or this coming week. Excuse me, August twenty first, the Longmont Dairy Farm Utter Madness. It's a little inside joke. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have the pro trucks, late models, pure pure stocks, and those crazy ass strains. So again. The, the race season continues a lot of good action in literally every division as you guys just heard close battles and tempers getting heated and crazy stuff happening so if you got somebody that you know in pro trucks late models pure stocks or trains or you're just a fan of racing in general come check it out this this saturday same time as normal uh buy your tickets online or at the door um i don't think any of us are going to it jake you said you got some plans there and we also have some hopeful plans on sunday but yeah, that is your CNS look ahead. So we will uh, get into our, our next segment here, which uh, unfortunately is our, our closing segment here and our 
our thoughts here. It's been a hell of an episode. I think I've got a lot of laughs out of this one, but we'll lead off with Jordan for your closing thoughts. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was great, great, uh, race weekend. Uh, always love coming out and going to the track and seeing everybody and talking with some new faces and stuff. And, uh, more and more we're out there and, uh, getting to talk to some new people, the more and more people are hearing about our podcast. It's always yeah. exciting, yeah. uh, talking with people out there that say, uh, yeah, Hey, I, I heard you doing this. And yeah, I was listening to the last couple episodes. You're doing a great job or, you know, or, Hey, you suck. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it, it's been exciting. Um, I'm really looking forward to the next race. Um, I think Jake, uh, Jake's doing a lot better. I think as a team, we're doing a lot better. We're figuring some things out. Um, we've taken, you know, at the early part of the season, we were, you know, pretty good for him being, you know, first time rookie and whatnot. And first time being in really in a, in a car in general, um, you know, it started off pretty well. We had a, we finished fifth the first night and then, and then we kind of did some changes, but we kind of went in the wrong direction, but you know, it's, it's trial and error really, you know, you're trying to find speed and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but this last weekend things kind of, uh, went a lot better for us. So we feel like we're taking now those, those strides to get back to where we really want to be. Um, I felt like we were pretty, we weren't, you know, up running up front, but we were competitive. We weren't getting, you know, left behind, so to speak. So um, hopefully we can keep going on that and keep making some, you know, decisions to help him get a little bit more speed out of the car. And um, I think we have some ideas that we can um, jump on this upcoming race. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that um, Labor Day weekend. I have uh, a four day weekend coming up that that week so we might go practice on that friday and maybe i'll get over my fear and finally get to hot lap the card a little bit maybe i lost about 20 25 pounds for this situation so (laughs) i'm i'm freaking doing it i'm freaking doing it this time so uh yeah don't tempt me if my car's ready by there (laughs) hey and i'll have two cars to (laughs) (laughs) although you're 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 a skinny little guy so i don't even at my not my lightest days. I still don't think I could fit in that seat. So well, he got the same size seat I did. So yeah, exa- oh. it's the exact. It's just like the he's got a seventy series, whatever. It's just a eighty eight series. So the headrest just moves a little bit more. Oh. That's basically it. <laughs> Perfect. I just don't think I could fit in your fire suit. That's the only, the only thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah don't have to worry about that. <laughs> no. No. So I'm I'm really excited. Um, I felt like I've done a better job. Um, this is my first time being a spotter for jake or being a spotter in general so um i feel like i'm i'm getting better each week as well giving him the direction on the track and whatnot so um yeah i'm just i'm just really excited to get back out to track next week or the next opportunity we have and um yeah looking forward to the next weekend we got a um we got this weekend off we're gonna be doing some housework and getting some things done around here and then the following weekend i'm playing in a uh, the Rocky Mountain Open Golf Tournament in Grand Junction. So I'm really nice. looking forward to that. We have a big event uh, every year that we go to for that. And then, then we're back to racing. Hell yeah. So it's coming to a close. Only a couple more races left, but uh, it's been an amazing season and it's been a lot of fun. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll go ahead and do my closing thoughts. And, um, you know, what a what a good weekend of racing. Uh, like we said a couple of times already before, a long, 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 weekend long night especially uh friday night and uh before i kind of go too far into my closing thoughts like i said earlier in the podcast don't let me forget about uh oh yeah oh yeah sign my boob so (laughs) so you know i wasn't expecting this year to go out run like 
you know, first or second, every race, you know, it's one of those things being a rookie and first time in a race car, you know, you just want to get out, get seat time, uh, not piss anybody off, get in anybody's way, just learn and just get better each week. Like George uh, was alluding to. And, uh, you know, especially for after the races, when fans come in the pits, you know, I wasn't expecting to get tons of fans coming up and get my autograph, which each week, you know, it's been about the same. We get a good amount of people that come over and say, Hey, and especially with the podcast, you know, come up and talk to us, get an autograph here and there. And, um, but this weekend, uh, I'm not going to name her name. One of, <laughs> one of my current friends in a, uh, referrals group that I am in for work, um, came to her her very first race like she's watched nascar and stuff like that on tv and she's from wisconsin she's been to like the fair days and stuff like that where there's been some racing but this was like her first track experience for colorado especially and um she's looking for her company to possibly sponsor us next year which we're super thankful for um but she's just a very fun person and she will do anything to have a laugh kind of like i will and I don't know if my wife kind of like alluded her to do this, or maybe she like made a joke to my wife and my wife was like, yeah, go do that. Well, I was signing this autograph for a kid and talking to him. And then she was waiting behind him. And I just thought it was kind of weird because I had already given her an autograph. And, you know, we talked after the race cause she was in the pits and she was just waiting there like, Hey, I'm getting an autograph next. And she comes over. She's like, Hey Jake, doesn't whip her boob out, but basically takes her shirt, whips half the boob out. Sign my boob. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh my God. Some Talladega nights. Heck yeah. <laughs> hey driver. <Woo! laughs> oh man. Had me dying laughing. I was red. In oh the face. man. Oh my gosh. Brandon, you wish you were there to see that. Cause you'd have been laughing your butt off too. But, <laughs> like, like I said, excited that i'm signing autographs but never had somebody come up and do that and you know it was just kind of funny that that was the person that first came up and did that so please tell me you did it in permanent marker i i didn't do it at all i was going to <laughs> and i was like you know i have to see you next wednesday and i just think that'd be weird if everybody saw my signature on your press <laughs> it would take a couple of days to come off so oh, man. Yeah, and then so. you have to explain that. Wait a minute, I've seen that signature before in a couple of my checks. Yeah. Exactly. And what happened in front, in front of a bunch of business professionals? Yeah, I don't think that's the greatest. It'd be good for a mo- Monday morning meeting. Be yeah. <laughs> a little coffee session, huh? Yeah. Water cooler talk. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I had to get that story out real quick. But um, yeah, like George was saying, you know, we're getting we're making strides each week, whether they're good or they're bad. Uh, you know, we're, we're learning things that does work and learning things that definitely do not work. And, you know, we're definitely taking some good notes on what, what the car's doing each week. And, and even Jordan, I, even you've talked about this Brandon all together about our communication and just making sure we're saying the right things and just being all on the same page, just kind of having that, uh, you know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you want to do. So this is how I'm going to relate to communication and, um, George's been hounding me to do this for a long time. And I finally did it. I got those mold in ear nice. earbuds, which, oh my gosh, night and day difference to be able to hear and, uh, just clearly understand everything that's being said to me. Cause you know, with having 16 race cars around you, uh, and the, just how loud the motors are, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it can be tough to hear. So that was great. And just the communication between both of you in general, uh, is getting better each week and, you know, just being able to come off the track and, you know, what I see and what you guys see 
you know, relating the information you guys giving me some hints and tips about what I'm doing on the track that I may not see that I'm doing and, you know, telling you guys what, what the car feels like and what, what you guys are relaying to me. It just seems like we're, we are headed in the right direction. And like George said, I'm excited to get these last couple of races in. I wish it sucks that how quick this season has gone. So, so far and, and wish that we could have a couple of makeups from the rainouts that we had early in the season. Cause I'm, um, I'm having a great time, hell of a year so far. Um, wish we could have had a couple more, you know, finishes where we were, uh, maybe in the top five or at least competing for top five. But like George said, we, this week, I think we were starting to go back in the right direction from the first weekend where we were running pretty good. And, um, I thought we had a fast car, just kind of some luck, luck of the draw, bad luck with this rule about starting last in the heat race and having to start, you know, back of the pack for the main event, you know, got stuck behind a couple of cars, you know, not just because they were slow or anything, but, you know, just sometimes, the bottom lane may work the best top lane may work the best, you know, depending on what your car is feeling like where you can go with it. You know, you got to run with how the car feels and the, just the, for the race this weekend, the car felt great on the bottom. And when everybody's on the bottom, it's, it's hard to kind of pass sometimes and you just kind of get stuck behind some people and just not being able to get up there and pass them and, and try and make, make up some ground. But, um, had some great time, had a great time this weekend. I got a kind of shout out to, uh, Holly Clark and her team, they're such nice people. They always come up to us every race before the races and just sit there and talk to us. Holly and her mom, they always love coming over and talking to us. And I love when they come over and talk to us. They're great people and have great conversations. And, you know, they're giving us some tips and things that they're doing that are helping and, you know, kind of relating that to us. So um, before I, my final thoughts, I do have to thank my sponsors. I keep getting really bad at this i uh, gotta thank great frontier, great frontier insurance uh raising the bar exteriors tr sandberg and uh construction incorporated and my grandma sandy kaiser before i lead off to brandon here um but great weekend looking forward to our next race and uh brandon what uh what you got for us yeah shout out to the grandmas huh heck yeah <laughs> no um i i wish i was there uh missed being being at the track with you guys sound like uh, you know, especially and not just, you know, we have bad weekends and there will be continue to be bad weekends in racing. That's just how it goes. But it really sucks when it's like, dang, you know, from what the sounds of it and watching some of the videos that people posted, like you did, you did run, you know, really well and, and brought it home in one piece, like I said. So yep. sucks. I uh, wasn't able to get to that one. Hopefully the, the next one and uh, definitely, obviously the one on the, the 25th there. But um, yeah, I had a pretty good weekend as well just uh did the reception shenanigans and watched a lot of racing was like i said was able to watch all of the xfinity race from green flag to checkered flag and same with the cup series on on sunday and um just having a lot of fun i guess even though the whole sponsorship thing uh me getting into this and and doing that whole thing uh, i've got more no's than i've got yeses but it's fun to kind of reach out to these companies and these people and, and what have you to kind of explain to them what's going on and um, having a lot of fun with that. Um, like I said, sometimes it, it, you get down a little bit when you, when you get told no 50 times. Yeah. It's when you tough. get, when you get told 50 times in a, in a day or a week, no. And then you get that one yes or whatever, but I uh, do want to, you know, like Jake said, give a shout out. Uh, we did have one come on board, uh, Christopher Bean coffee. And uh, like in my Facebook post, if you guys saw that on Brandon Hall racing, 
Um, they sponsored me in high school, actually, when I was uh, racing, uh, riding lawnmowers. And uh, so glad to, you know, I reached back out to them. They've changed kind of some positions within the company. Uh, the person I was talking to, uh, not the owner, but uh, kind of the marketing guy uh, wasn't with the, the company back then. So I kind of had to reapply and go through the whole thing. But they agreed to it. And uh, like Jake said, every every sponsor, everybody that helps out, not just sponsors, but in the in the pits and the, on the on the weekdays in the in the garage or what, whatever, uh, everything helps. And um, so having having a lot of fun, learning a lot, doing all of this and um, got to thank Jordan, like I said earlier, for helping me with all the, the logos and the paint scheme and all that, because, you know, like your, you, Jake and your dad and everything, if you have a car that looks good, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to run good, but it's just one of those things that we all kind of share that common, um, theme there that we like to have good looking race cars. So that's mm -hmm. kind of what I'm trying to shoot for. And, you know, with Jordan behind the well, uh, the helm here with his abilities and stuff like that, I'm, I'm super pumped to, uh, start start painting and, and doing all that. So looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah. And I want to give another shout out to, uh, Scotty Scott. Uh, I'm sure he's tired of, of hearing from me, uh, this <laughs> week, but been kind of leaning on him and, and pulling his ear to answer all the questions that I have about the legends as I'm, you know, brand new to it and just done it on iRacing, which in real life, I mean, there's so much more. So shout out to him. He's been a big help so far. And, uh, you know, like you said, he's a he's a will man. So thanks, Scotty. And the questions are going to continue to come. So sorry in advance. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, and then uh, we'll uh, I'll end up my closing thoughts here by saying uh, Mr. Scott Bremkamp is going to be our next guest for next week's episode. Like we've been talking and talking. He uh, he wants to get on pretty badly. We want to we want to get him on and, and talk about um, some of the stuff that he does. So he's for the listeners that don't know, which are probably very few that don't know, but he's the brother of of uh, Mark. Uh, we man who we had the, the flag man it's his brother and he's a also a track official there kind of on the infield and whatnot so he's seen a lot and i uh, believe he actually uh raced uh, a couple for a couple seasons there so super excited to have scotty come on and um give us some insight there and we'll uh try to have uh, some good questions for him and have him share some some stories that'll get some laughs uh that so we if hope, i so. may real quick yeah absolutely about scotty so uh i promised him i wouldn't say anything that he told <laughs> me uh on saturday so scotty when you're listening to this i won't but uh it was kind of cool we were sitting uh waiting for practice and i think i the first practice i pulled up first and staging for first practice and he came up to me and was chatting with me and he's like so <laughs> Who you got uh, interviewing on your next uh, <laughs> next podcast? It's like, actually, I, I have no idea. So he's like, "Well, I'm available. So whenever you guys want me, I'm here. So let's make this thing happen." So it was pretty funny. It was kind of nice to come up and, and chat with me. Well, it's super ironic because I didn't even talk to you before. Uh, yeah, I yeah. know exactly. And uh, you know, this is the first time you were even hearing me say this. So yeah, uh, it, it was just pretty funny. The whole interaction of him just coming up to the car and, and talking to me. He didn't even mention anything racing. It was just the podcast. Like that's what we want to hear, though. We want people on here. Exactly. <laughs> He's like that kid in gym class where they're picking teams, and he's like, me, 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 <laughs> me, 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 yeah, me, 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 get me. <laughs> and, and then it was even funnier because, um, you know, Brad, our, our shout-out last race, or our last podcast was Brad Skufka. He came up Skufka. to me and, uh, and corrected me, so thank you, Brad. Hey, he's uh, listening. That's good. He's listening. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Uh, he actually, because after the race, Scott and uh, uh, Wee Man came up to us and was talking with us a little bit after the races, and uh, – 
of course, since Brad was listening to the last podcast, he uh, with Kyle Morris, he brought up with uh, Wee Man about spinning out Dale Jr. So I, I did get to hear that story. Okay. And like Kyle Morris said, I think Mark uh, kind of abbreviated the story a little bit more than uh, <laughs> what actually may have happened. But it was still a pretty funny story that that might just have to be another uh, our next podcast. I'll tell yeah. a little bit more about that story. But it was pretty funny um to hear about that story again brad thanks for listening buddy and um yeah excited to have scout on for next weekend heck yeah and he's like you said he's signed sealed and under contract to be our next guest so we're looking forward to that and just thank you uh like jake's story there people are listening you guys are all listening um reaching out via text phone call facebook uh whatever it is we appreciate that and um, like I said, on this episode, we're going to we're going to post those paint schemes. Please interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're not shy. We, we all three are, are really good about responding and uh, social interaction on all what three platforms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. So reach out to us. And um, like Jake said, with the, with all the sponsorship stuff, it's uh, it's really hard and it, it takes a lot of work. So if, if someone listening either Jake or I, or both of us, whatever it is, if you're uh, looking to get into the sport or racing, or you just like Jake and I that much or Jordan <laughs> <laughs> and want to want to help out by all means, uh, shoot us a message and we'd love to, we'd love to have you. And, and I'll give you and, an updated logo for free. There you go. Hey, <laughs> there you go. Your logo, you'll, you'll get a, a new logo, a better logo than you already have. If you come on <laughs> so yeah, but uh, yeah. And, and thanks to everybody listening to this one to the all episodes before this and this one if you're brand new uh welcome aboard we appreciate you listening um and everybody have a, a great week thank you for listening like us on facebook uh by searching the at scrubbing tires podcast and uh or jake or jordan or i's personal uh, personal page we appreciate it and uh looking forward to next week so i'll end it there and jake and jordan you can take it all right well take it easy everybody yeah just like brandon said have a great week yeah, have a great week, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Door, quarter, clear, clear. All you, new leader. Checkers are out. Bring it home. Come on. Jacob, Jordan, and myself would like to say thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Scrub and Tires podcast. As always, you can find us on Facebook by searching at Scrubbin' Tires Podcast. Again, that's at Scrubbin' Tires Podcast.